0: This is the Brazil Institute podcast. I'm your host, Anya Prusa. In less than one month, Brazil is holding the largest 5G auction to date globally, expecting to raise some 10 billion reais. But this episode isn't about 5G. Instead, we're going to talk about Brazil's relationship with China. The 5G question. And whether Brazil would allow Chinese companies, including Huawei, to participate in the country's 5G telecoms infrastructure speaks to some of the unease surrounding China's investment in Brazil and Latin America more broadly. But China is Brazil's largest trade partner and a critical source of foreign investment in commodities, energy, infrastructure and, yes, telecoms. In this episode, we are going to discuss Brazil-China relations, from trade to the COVID-19 pandemic. We're joined for this conversation by Claudia Trevisan, the Executive Director of the Brazil-China Business Council, based in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Anya, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. So I want to start, Claudia, just by asking you to give us a sense for the relationship between Brazil and China, because it is heavily focused uh, in trade and investment, correct?
1: Yes, it is. China is Brazil's main trading partner since two thousand nine, when it surpassed the United States. And since then, Brazilian exports to China uh, had some ups and downs, but it maintained China maintained it in the first place. And with the pandemic, the exports to China accelerated even more and reached record highs last year. And the share of China in Brazil's exports reached 32%, which is a very high level. And the share of the United States, which is our second main trading partner, fell to 10%. And Brazil's Exports to China are heavily concentrated in commodities. Soybean, iron ore and oil account for about 75% of everything Brazil sells to China. But China is important for other goods too. From the 10 main products of the Brazil export list, China is the main destination of 7 And Brazil imports from China mainly value-added products. It's a more diversified um, uh, list of products. There is not so much concentration as there is in Brazilian exports. And the main item that Brazil imports from China is telecommunications equipment with 13%. But Brazil also imports machinery, electronics, organic and inorganic compounds, and pharmaceutical
0: products. I want to return to the, the question of telecommunications later in this conversation. But first, you know, you mentioned that Brazil's exports to China are primarily commodities, right? Iron ore, soy... Are there any concerns uh, among Brazilian policymakers because of the fact that Brazil is not exporting value added products mm-hmm. There is
1: a great complementary between Brazilian and Chinese economies, and Brazil is very competitive in the sectors that lead it leads in in exports no Brazil is very competitive. In agriculture, very competitive. In mining, very competitive in oil. So it's natural that Brazil, uh, uh, this competitiveness of Brazil will reflect on Brazil exports. But of course, there is a concern that there is too much concentration in commodities. And there is a concern, and it's not a new thing. There has been a discussion in Brazil for decades uh, about how to increase the competitiveness of Brazilian industry. And there are a lot of structural issues the lack of infrastructure, high taxes, that affect the degree of openness of Brazilian economy, that affect the competitiveness of the industry. So it is a concern, but it's something that Brazil needs to solve itself. You know? And one thing that I, I'd like to highlight about Brazil trade with China, is that it plays a very important role in the Brazilian economy as a source of hard currency. Brazil exports mainly commodities to China, but it has consistently had surplus with China, and a very important surplus. If we look to the period of 2010 to 2020, Brazil accumulated a surplus with China of 170 billion U.S. dollars. To have an idea of what it represents to Brazil, the total of our foreign reserves are currently at 370 billion U.S. dollars. And the share of China in our surplus is also increasing. From this period of 2010 to 2020, China responded for 48% of Brazilian surplus with the rest of the world.
0: Last year, this share went up to 66%. That's incredible, Claudia. And I think surprising in a way, because when people think about trade with China in general, we often think of, you know, China as running the surplus, certainly with the U.S.-Chinese trade, right? That's what you would see. So for Brazil, it certainly seems that the dynamics are a little bit different. You also mentioned competitiveness. You mentioned infrastructure as being, you know, one of the areas where Brazil needs investment for example, and a lot of that investment is coming from China, not just for infrastructure, but also for energy, telecommunications. Can you talk a little bit about you know, what is the scale of Chinese investment in some of these sectors of the Brazilian economy?
1: Yes, yes. In the last two decades, especially in the last 15 years, China emerged as a very important foreign investor in Brazil and it, in this period it has rivaled with the united states in the position of the largest foreign investment investor in brazil in terms of annual flux of investments not in terms of stock of investment because the us has been here for longer and has a larger stock and our calculations at the china brazil business center is that china has so far since 2007 invested 66 billion U.S. dollars in Brazil. And the sectors that that received most of the investment, the number one by far is electricity. And it comprises electricity generation, electricity transmission, electricity distribution. 47% of Chinese investments in Brazil went to this sector. The second one is oil with almost 30%. And China uh, Chinese companies became very active in the auctions for oil exploration in what we call the pre-salt, which is a very deep offshore oil exploration. And with uh, usually in partnership with Petrobras, which is the Brazilian oil company. Mining is the third sector that received most Chinese investment with 7%, followed by manufacture, infrastructure, agriculture, and finance. And yeah, those are the main the main sectors.
0: And when companies, when Chinese companies are, are investing in Brazil, they are participating in public auctions, right? I mean, they're... They're not, you know, maybe dealing directly with the, the Brazilian government. They're participating in the open market the same way any other company would, correct? Yes, yes.
1: In the case of electricity, for instance, they, we have the, they are public concessions that the government gives for the next number uh, of years. And it's a very regulated uh, sector. And as a, a, a public good,
0: you know, should be. I want to touch on telecommunications because that gets to the triangle, right? That is Brazil, China, U.S. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of attention over the last year or two from U.S. officials on, on kind of the five G market, right, or the potential for five G development in Latin America and the presence of Huawei. In many of these markets, and, and U.S. officials have expressed concern over the presence of Huawei. You know how is that perceived in Brazil? Yeah, there was a
1: very, there has been very open discussions between the U.S. government and the Brazilian government regarding the participation of Huawei in the five G network of Brazil. The main uh, reason the U.S. presents for defending a blocking of Huawei is that it can make the 5G network vulnerable and subjected it to espionage from the Chinese government. But so far, there is no indication that the Brazilian government will restrict the the participation of Huawei products in the 5G network. The auction will be held in November and the... The main, uh, the way the Brazilian government dealt with with it was deciding to create a dedicated network for government communications. And in theory, Huawei will not, Huawei equipment will not participate on this dedicated uh, network. In Brazil, All the telecommunication operators are in favor of the participation of Huawei in the 5G network. Huawei has been in Brazil for 22 years. It has almost 35% of Brazilian network, of mobile network, has Huawei uh, equipment. And what the operators say is that if Huawei is not allowed to sell its products to them, they will be in in a duopoly. They will have only options to buy equipment would be Ericsson and Nokia. And that would lead uh, to the delay in 5G, increasing costs, and also billions of investments, millions of investments to take out the Huawei equipment that is, already in the Brazil network. And it's important to highlight that the auction for the 5G, Huawei does, will not participate in that. The companies that participate in the auction are the telecom operators. They are the ones that invest in the network and they buy equipment from suppliers in commercial agreements, arrangements, no, and the main suppliers are Huawei, Ericsson, and
0: Nokia. I wonder, Claudia, if you could talk a little more generally about how Brazilians perceive China and maybe contrast that to how they perceive the United States. We've certainly seen, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic that China has been engaging in what people have called mask or vaccine diplomacy right? Providing supplies, medical supplies, you know, Chinese companies have partnered with the Butantan Institute in Brazil, for example, to, you know, develop and manufacture the CoronaVac vaccine. You know, has this changed the way that Brazilians are looking at China in kind of a soft power or reputational way? Well, it's very hard to talk about a Brazilian view of
1: China. And the first reason, the most important, is that we don't, let, don't have reliable polls that show what are the Brazilian population perceptions of China. So we have different perceptions as we have towards the United States. What I can say is what was China's role in the question, in the pandemic and in the vaccine campaign in Brazil. One of Chinese labs called Sinovac made an agreement with a lab from Sao Paulo, Brazilian uh, most powerful economic state, to the, the, to test the vaccine in Brazil and to produce the vaccine in Brazil. And this, is called Coronavac, was the first vaccine that was available in Brazil. And the other one is the British AstraZeneca, which was also tested in Brazil and is also being manufactured in Brazil with a partnership with another lab. And these two vaccines so far responded for more, almost 80% of the vaccines that has been applied in Brazil. Coronavac is around 33% and AstraZeneca 44%. And we have an increase now of the participation of Pfizer and we will see going forward an increase uh, an even further increase of Pfizer the government has bought 200 million of Pfizer vaccines and 100 million has been delivered and another 100 million will be delivered until the end of of this year in terms of perceptions and image. I think it's, uh, I can say that without risk, that Brazilians are much more identified and are much more closer culturally to the United States than to China. We are users, heavily users of Facebook. Brazil is one of the leading countries that in, in in subscriptions to Netflix and to HBO. Brazilians love to travel to the United States. It's the main touristic destination of Brazilians. Brazilian students, the main country where they go when they decide to study abroad is the United States. So there is still a a huge gap in terms of cultural influence and soft power between the United States in China, in spite of these increasing economic
0: links that Brazil has with China, President bolsonaro has also seemed skeptical of of China and Chinese influence at times antagonistic. you know how has his rhetoric or, or has his rhetoric affected trade and investment relations with China?
1: Yeah, oh, the numbers show that they haven't. And if we look at trade since the the beginning of bolsonaro government it started it started in two thousand and nineteen and if we look two thousand and nineteen and two thousand and twenty in both years there was an increase in Brazil exports to China, even during the height of the pandemic in China, which was the first semester of 2020 Brazilian exports to China kept growing. In terms of investments, there was a reduction of Chinese investments in Brazil last year, but it's too early to tell that if it is attendance or not. I think my feeling is that it is not attendance. I think there are structural reasons why Chinese companies want to invest in Brazil. Brazil has been a very important destination of Chinese investments overseas. If we look at the ranking of countries that have received most of Chinese investments, Brazil is number five. Brazil is behind only the United States, Australia, the United Kingdom, and Sweden. Brazil is ahead of countries like Canada uh, and Germany. And China, Chinese companies see Brazil as an important market, a place to export technology, and an important place to internationalize uh, its companies. And I think the the, the tendency uh, of investments. I think this year we had a very symbolic uh, movement in which, in January, Ford Motors, the American manufacturer of cars announced that it would close its operation in Brazil after 100 years in the country. And in August, a Chinese manufacturer called Great Wall announced that it would enter the Brazilian market, buying factory that used to belong to Mercedes-Benz. So I think the Chinese look at the long run and tend to
0: yeah, uh, not to be so influenced by short-term tides. And I think that's, you know, an example that really showcases how much, you know, Chinese investment and trade has grown in Brazil, right? And and to some extent, you know, it has overtaken the US economic relationship as well. So there has been this change.
1: Yeah, the US Yeah, the US is still a very important investor in Brazil. We have the U.S. has been investing in Brazil for a 100 years, and and you have very active companies here. But the fact that Brazil is in, in a kind of almost permanent economic crisis for the last years, I think that is not something that is attractive to many companies, no, because they look at the market potential. And I think there is a a distinction between the kind of investments that China makes in Brazil and the kind of investments the U.S. makes in Brazil. They, they they do not compete with each other. And I think the U.S. is very much influenced by the outlook of the Brazilian economy.
0: Whereas the, the Chinese investment would be more influenced by the longer-term potential, yes. if you're looking at like the size of the domestic market in Brazil, that type of... Yes,
1: like the electricity investments these are long-term investments no they have the concessions are for 30 years so it's not something that requires a short-term or medium-term view you need to have a long-term view
0: we're running out of time but before we go I want to ask you really quick Claudia about the question of the environment. And whether China, you know, which does have substantial economic relationship with Brazil, is China likely to, you know, push for more sustainable supply chains, for example, or, you know, greater environmental protections in Brazil? Is there any, you know, and if it does, you know, what might that look like?
1: Yeah, I think we are in the early stages of that, but I think in the long run, the tendency is that China will put sustainability more and more on the agenda. And at the China-Brazil Business Council, we see this as an opportunity. Like our view is that sustainability will permeate the, the agenda with China. And there are new opportunities for engagement and for business. Brazil, in in the area of uh, agriculture, for instance, Brazil has a lot of protocols of low-carbon agriculture, zero-carbon beef, planted forests, and China has a great potential of being an important actor in green finance internationally. So we see a potential for business in this area. And I can give you an example, a concrete example, of a Chinese company in Brazil, which is Cofico. Cofico is the Chinese trading of commodities. It's a competitor of Bunge and Cargill. And in Brazil, the, the big trading companies, they have an agreement since 2006. And then it was renovated. And the current stage of disagreement says that they will not buy soybean that has been cultivated in the Amazon in areas that were deforested after 2008. And COFCO, when it entered in Brazil, it joined this agreement. And last year, COFCO announced that it would track the origin of all soybeans it's purchased in Brazil until 2023, exactly for environmental concerns and to be able to not buy soybeans from areas that have been deforested
0: illegally. And given the, the amount of soybeans that China buys from Brazil that has you know enormous potential to kind of influence what's happening on the ground.
1: Yes, but most of Brazilian soybeans, almost all, it's not cultivated in the Amazon. It is cultivated in the center uh, west of
0: Brazil. A very important point. Claudia, I know we've run out of time, so I'm going to leave it there. But thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been a real pleasure to have this conversation with you.
1: Thank you, Anya, for the invitation. The pleasure was mine.
0: The Brazil Institute podcast is produced by Oscar Cruz and edited by Sam Vicroy. You can subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. For more on the subject discussed today, you can visit www.wilsoncenter.org Brazil. Until next time, thanks for listening.